It's Picture Lock on WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous, award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find movie reviews, all the back episodes, and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. If you're wondering what to check out this weekend, hopefully you caught me on my weekly Let's Talk Live DC segment earlier today. If not, be sure to visit PictureLockShow.com or follow me on Instagram at PictureLockShow to see what I had to talk about. This weekend, we have Dark Phoenix, Secret Life of Pets 2, and The Last Black Man in San Francisco hitting theaters. And I gave my thoughts on those films earlier this morning. Last week, I had Tim Gordon on to talk about what was coming out over the weekend in theaters, but we weren't able to get to the summer movie preview. So this week, I'm joined again by Tim Gordon of thefilmgordon.com to go over the Picture Lock summer movie preview. And that's all ahead on Picture Lock. Hi, this is Ryan Bawera, a film critic extraordinaire, freelance video editor in the DMV area, and you are listening to picture lock all right it's picture lock uh man summer season is about to be upon us summer is officially june 21st through september 23rd this year i got tim gordon aka film gordon on the line to help me knock out some of the what i did was i tried to do it by order of the films by date that are coming out and what you're going to be able to see um so these are not necessarily most anticipated least anticipated list these are just some films that you can look out for tim i just wanted to you know get your thoughts on some of the films that are coming out so first off uh june 20th release date we have toy story 4 Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. He's a spook. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Correct me if I'm wrong. Toy Story 3 had a beautiful ending. It seemed like everybody got a bow, and now Toy Story 4 is out. Not that I'm complaining, uh, but what are your thoughts on this film? Well, I'll simply start by saying... We grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side, playing around with no job. (laughs) On second hand, mom bounced on old man, and then we moved to Shallowland. So you're going, Tim, why are you giving me the lyrics of a Wu-Tang song called Cream? Yeah, because in Disney, cash rules everything around Disney. (laughs) Disney is about the dollar. Toy Story 3 was supposed to be the end of the franchise. Wink, wink. Much like later on this, this fall, the, the episode nine is supposed to be the last Star Wars movie, wink, wink. Um, and my answer is, we're going to talk about Aladdin coming up again and The Lion King. Uh, there is no end at Disney. Disney is about that dollar. They're on pace for a $10 billion year in, in box office grosses and untold billions in profit. So to answer wow. your question, yeah, 
Toy Story 3 had a really good ending. It looked like that was the end, and then we wrapped it up. And then Disney looked at their bottom line and was like, man, I think we can squeeze a couple more million dollars out of this thing. <laughs> right. And, and I apologize. We can squeeze several billion dollars out of this thing. Not a couple more million, but several billion out of this. So, hence, this goes back to an earlier review that I gave that talks about how one-sided our industry has become. That is, Walt is Disney, and then there's everybody else. And I think, ultimately, that's going to be bad for not just us as critics, but it will be bad for audiences, man, because you don't have the variety because Disney has kind of elevated everything to event status, and the other studios can't keep up. So, yeah, yeah Toy Story, but watch this. But Toy Story brings back all the characters you know with some new ones. Uh, there's a new adventure for Woody. Buzz Lightyear shows up. There's Forky. Some new character that I'm sure is going to make uh, Disney tons of uh, more millions in merchandising for kids that got to have their little animated Forky. Um, I don't know about the story. I'm assuming it's going to be good. Nobody tells these stories better than Disney. So that's what I think about Toy Story 4. But I'm still jaded by the business side of it, which kind of blurs how I see these movies now because I'm looking at the bigger picture, not just the movies. Yeah, you know, and I think we probably should have a good conversation outside of this just in regard to uh, Disney, you know, their model. And, you know, the radio show for Picture Lock airs on WERA, um, the parent company being Arlington Independent Media. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about AIM is that they're always trying to make sure we lift the voices of independent productions. And when only a few people t- give us our news, a few organizations, I should say, give us our news, if only a, a few big organizations are putting out all the movies that we see, that's a problem because we're not really getting the diversity of storytelling that you know we could have. And so you definitely raise a great point on that. For Toy Story 4, you know, I definitely look forward to taking my kids to, to check it out. I will slap a parent if you go buy Forky because you can make a little spork and put like, you know, that red, whatever it was, like it looks like uh, some string on it and have your own Forky. So please don't go buy the Forky dolls or whatever comes out. Um, however, I, I will give this thing a shot. You know, if it's Toy Story. Uh, definitely <laughs> has a, a warm place in everyone's heart, I think. But let's go ahead and move forward to one of the films that I am really looking forward to seeing is Child's Play. Now, uh, in Child's Play, this one is an updated version of the original that I have come to know and love. I actually watched it last Halloween, and it it still held up in terms of being a a scary film. Uh, Within this one, instead of having the soul of, you know, a serial killer, uh, Chucky is AI gone bad. So, you know, it's kind of a, a nice update in terms of the times, sticking with the times, something that seems like it could be believable, you know, with all this different AI that we have now, uh, what if that AI goes bad and uh, it just happens to be a children's doll? You know, one thing I'm excited about with this is it, it stars uh, Aubrey uh, Plaza, Mark Hamill is doing the voice. And what's my man's name from uh, Atlanta as the detective? Talking about Lakeith Stanfield, Brian Henry, there Brian we go. Yeah, Brian, yeah. T- Brian, okay, so yes. 
Brian, Brian Tyree Henry, yeah. Yeah, he, he stars as a detective in this, and anything he does these days, you know, I'm definitely uh, interested in. So I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to, to this updated version. We'll see, you know, what it looks like. I think with the animatronics updates, everything, it should feel a lot more believable. So uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing Child's Play. What about you? Man, I'm going to recuse myself from the child play discussion because I've never seen any of them. Um, oh, but I will I, have, I will raise you a movie equally scary to me is uh, Shaft. Um, <laughs> I saw the trailer of Shaft the other day, and, um, you know, there's a phrase that I like to use or has been told to me over the years, which I will use here, that all money ain't good money, right? The, the fact that Richard Roundtree, Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, Jesse, what is Jesse Usher, I think his name is, are now back in this kind of generational, neutered uh, shaft, which does that's not even a shadow of the original. Like, the spirit of the original, uh, when Shaft first came out, was revolutionary. You know, here was a brother who was, was kind of handsome, a former model, you know, his hairstyle, his fashions, with cutting edge, early 1970s, he's rocking with a leather jacket, fighting the man, you know, uh, 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 you know, a sex machine, all the chicks, you know, and then we get this neutered version from the late, great John Singleton, who, who made a PG-13 shaft, which kind of, you know, kind of took the story down this, this dark rabbit hole. And then this third version, they, they're, pl- they're playing it for comedy. So now Shaft is a comedy? Like, come on, man. So I, I, I looked at that thing, man, and, and the other day and was like, wow, man. I mean, this is, a, this is what happens, man, when, you know, an idea that was once great 40 years ago, almost 50 years ago, uh, becomes fodder for some studio who feels like they can wring some more money out of it. Uh, horrible idea. Trailer looks horrible. I have no doubt going in that I'm almost biased and I think it's going to be horrible. And, um, yeah, man, everybody got paid. But as I started off, all money ain't good money, bruh. I hear you, man. You know, I, I'm going to go against the grain on this one. You know, at first, I wasn't interested in Shaft, but at least the trailer I saw last night, I can't lie. I was I was laughing. And so I, what I heard was that uh, when it was originally written, it was so far a, a comedy that they had to scale it back. And so you're right. It's definitely not going to be in the vein of the original um but you know i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna give it a shot i i i can totally understand how you feel all money is not good money um but at least based on the trailer that i saw last night i definitely laughed and so so we'll see but that comes out uh that actually comes out june 13th uh directed by tim story yeah, we'll see about that. Um, one that you might not have heard of, and I actually hadn't heard of it until recently, uh, is Yesterday. Now, this comes out on June 28th. It's directed by Danny Boyle, who we haven't heard from in a while. And basically, in this film, there's a struggling musician who realizes he's the only person on Earth who remembers the Beatles after waking up in an alternate timeline where they never existed. <laughs> This was my last gig. If it has happened by now, 
It's like a miracle. Miracles happen. What happened? Oh. Electricity flicked off all over the world. Cheese! <laughs> Yesterday, Ellie bought you a present. All my troubles seem wow. so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Oh, when did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? Now, the co concept of this alone is what I really kind of dug. Um, it, you know, just imagine a world where nobody remembers the Beatles. This guy does, he can play, he can sing. Um, it stars Himesh Patel and Lily James. And so I know in, in this, Himesh and Danny Boyle, they built the set and they, they just kind of locked him in the set and he just kept playing a lot of the Beatles tunes. So the thing is in this film, I think kind of like you were saying, maybe about Rocket Man, they're not actually playing, he's not like doing the actual original Beatles tracks but kind of giving it his own flavor while staying respectfully in the lane of the songs. But can you just imagine if you woke up and like nobody had heard of, uh, I don't know, Earth, Wind & Fire, Michael Jackson might be a better equivalent. And so you start bringing those songs to people, obviously uh, they're gonna love it. And so that's this whole concept with Yesterday. Had you heard about this film, Tim? I have, and it looks, I, now this is the opposite of what I just said, that this is the guy that also did Slumdog Millionaire in 27 Hours, and um, this film looks like it is going to be a blast, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, I like I like the idea of yesterday, and I'm going to probably find that it's going to be like one of the summer sleepers. That's a surprise film, because, you know, his last couple of films, man, Danny Boyle, uh, when he released Slumdog Millionaire, boy, he caught lightning in a bottle with that movie. That mm -hmm. was good. And I think <laughs> Yesterday is a film that could actually be that as well. But I'm going to take your small little movie of Yesterday and raise it with a spinoff of probably one of the biggest franchises in Hollywood right now. And this movie has looks in the trailer like it has the proper tone. Hobbs and Shaw... Luke Hobbs and Decker Shaw. We've got unfinished business. Shaw's sister took something from me. A virus that could wipe out half the population, and I want it back. You wanna tell me just what we're dealing with here? It's my sister, family, business. When it's the fate of the world, it becomes my business. This whole thing sounds really dodgy. Look after your sister. Listen, I'll handle it. The only way we survive is working together like a team. Let's do this. Buckle up, fat boy. On my three. One. Ah! <laughs> it's the one movie made outside of Disney that I think is probably one of the biggest event films. You put The Rock and Jason Statham in the story with a supercharged Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. You signed me up for that one <laughs> several yeah. times. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, the trailer is hilarious with the two of these guys, The Rock and Statham, playing off of one another. Um, cannot wait to see that one. And Fast and Furious, 
you know, let's just stop for a second and think about the original concept of Fast and the Furious, a movie about a couple of guys who were street racers, and it has now morphed into this multi-billion dollar franchise helmed by F. Gary Gray that now is, is like, they're spinning off the characters. I mean, it is it is an amazing thing when, when Vision and people are able to take an original thing and turn it into something. It's amazing. So I can't wait to see uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's my pitch that I wanted to talk about uh, in our summer movie series. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, as my audience knows, man, Fast and Furious franchises has a special place in my heart. Uh, I remember that the first film came out when I was a senior in high school. And, uh, you know, so I, I love this franchise, and it's definitely one of my guilty pleasures. I guess in the same way that people might enjoy Godzilla, it's over-the-top um, action and stunt work. And I love how they, did, they released those two trailers. You know, the first trailer was just, like, straight-up jokes. And it felt like, you know, two friends that are going back and forth, and the chemistry between uh, The Rock and Statham just is awesome. The second uh, trailer... Just it actually dialed back on kind of the comedy and kind of gave us like this is what it's really going to be about. And so one of the things I like one of those stunts, <laughs> it, they had the helicopter, the grabbing like uh, a big old truck and like kind of picking it up. And really, what I felt when I watched that was man, this looks like when we were kids and we would play with uh, vehicles like, you know, helicopters and like act like the helicopter could carry a truck and stuff like that. And I feel like that's kind of how they come up with these stunts now. It's just like, what can we do that hasn't really been seen on screen? All right, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw can definitely take my money this summer. Um, two films that we know is probably going to take a lot of people's money is Spider-Man Far From Home and The Lion King. I'm kind of lumping both of those together as those Disney movies. Um, I I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens after we just wrapped up on Endgame with Spider-Man. Uh, it looks like Spider-Man is going to be uh, taken over for, you know, the, the next few phases of um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so, obviously, this is, we're just from the trailer, you can tell we're dealing with the, the wake of the loss of Iron Man. Um, so, I'm interested in seeing where things go. Uh, the Lion King, <laughs> man, Tim, I don't know about you, but uh, Dumbo sucked. Um, I wasn't really a fan of Jungle Book, and I know this is Jon Favreau again uh, at the director's helm. And, you know, The Lion King, some things just need to stay animated. I actually, you know, warmed up to Aladdin uh, over the course of seeing it, uh, so I kind of enjoyed it. I'm going to give The Lion King the benefit of the doubt, however... Uh, man, I feel like some things just need to stay animated. There's something about uh, animation that you can tell a story and it's not wholly believable. But again, like you said, Disney has this great way of character development. And I'm just personally, I don't think I want to see a shot for shot live action version of the animated film. And what you can do to deviate and make it different I'm not sure. So I'm not really looking forward to that one. But, Tim, what do you think? Yes. Uh, uh, what I think about that, um, I, you know, I said it earlier, man. You know, I know you don't want to see 
uh, these films, man. And all I can tell you is in a word, sorry. Uh, Disney, Disney is going to, you know, they're going to Disney. It's what they do. Uh, in the next five years, you will see Frozen, the live-action movie. Uh, you, I promise you, you will. You'll see Brave, the live-action film. You might even see a live-action Toy Story at some point. Because anything we can do to tell stories and inflate the bottom line, Disney's going to do it. Uh, Aladdin, you know, like I said, I had issues with it. But I think that uh, The Lion King is a, is a case that I think it's been so oversaturated, man. I mean, you know, the animated film was huge. It, it, it broke all sorts of records on Broadway. Uh, the live-action version, I give them credit by having Danny, I mean, Donald Glover and Beyonce and bringing back James Earl Jones. I think the voice acting is going to probably be the thing that will bring people in. The story, they're not going to deviate. I mean, unfortunately, Kevin, they're not going to deviate too far from the story. The story works. You know, that, that story, Simba being chased out by Scar, it's all going to work, and it'll make a lot of money. I just don't know whether the live-action version will, will match the animated version that had, to me, so much power and beauty and elegance to it. Yeah, I, I man, uh, I just don't think that, uh, I don't think it's going to work. You know, Aladdin, okay, at least, at least, you know, we're kind of dealing with people and the only portion is the genie. And even Will didn't look right with all the CG, but, um, you know, animating all these animals, I, I, I don't know. I think that, I hope they don't botch it too bad, but... I'm not really looking forward to it. Let's move on, man. Um, I did want to throw, uh, let's see, we got like three more in here. Um, just because I think it'll be talked about a lot. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this is going to be uh, Quentin Tarantino. And apparently, isn't this supposed to be, quote unquote, his last film? Uh, again, man, wink, wink, and <laughs> right. I business. Everything is, is the last of something until we look at the numbers and go, wait, what? Man, you better go and do another one of these. I find it, I find it hard to believe and very disingenuous that a guy who is a, a, a historian and a film nerd would decide that I'm going to make 10 movies and that I'm tapping out. When you're still young enough and creative enough to create more stories. I mean, Tarantino, if, if this is his last film, trust me, I'd be shocked. I just don't see it. Um, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, superstar cast led by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Al Pacino, um, it, it, it screams we got to give it an Oscar. It screams it. Um, so this is a movie, of course, that's based on uh, the murders of Sharon Tate, the rise of Helter Skelter and Charles Manson, which took place 50 years ago. Um I don't know what the backstory is and how all these characters connect, but I do know that that Charles Manson element is going to be in the film. And knowing Quentin Tarantino and the way he writes and how quirky he is and the violence that his films normally partake in, I, I, I'm excited about it, man. I mean, Tarantino reminds me now of what Spike Lee was 30 years ago when he first came out. You know, when Spike Lee dropped a new movie in the late 80s, early 90s, you ran to the multiplex because you knew it was going to be a big deal because an auteur 
was was giving you a new story. And that's how Tarantino's movies, you know, Kill Bill, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction over the years, uh, all of the, 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 the hateful eight. I mean, Tarantino makes event films, and you keep hearing me use that phrase, Kevin, that Disney has kind of co-opted. But there's still a couple of movies that I still think are event films, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely one. Yeah, I, I do agree. You know, in some ways, though, I, Tarantino is one of those guys that he automatically gets hype anytime that, you know, he's putting a film out. Um, he's going to get automatic buzz. And I think in part rightfully so, but I don't know, man. It's like uh, a, we automatically, and I say we as in like press and journalists, it's almost like they automatically believe, hey, if Tarantino's doing it, you know, this is going to be a great spectacle. Um, and maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's fair looking over, you know, the course of his 10 films, you know, for the most part, there's always something unique and, you know, I can't really think of and call out like, oh, this was a dud. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that I hate is sometimes when we put so much buzz on the back of a film before we even see it, uh, it doesn't allow us to kind of go in blank slate and so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like you said, it's a top-notch uh, cast, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to jump to conclusions too early. Man, are we going to talk about MIB International? No, because that comes out before, like in the springtime. If you no, it, it's June. It's June the 14th. Yeah, and spring or summer is June 21st. Oh, oh, oh! My bad. But I'm see, sorry, my apologies. But, 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 but no, 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 no. Because I could, I could, uh, we could still talk about it. But the thing about it is, that's one thing. A lot of these films now, like Godzilla, is being called summer blockbusters, but it's not summertime technically. Um, however, I do, I do see like MIB International is definitely going to be one of those films that you know people go into the theater great popcorn movie plus you got valkyrie and thor reteaming <laughs> again for this one um at first when i first heard that you know mib international was coming out i was definitely like mm, come on i'm tired i'm tapped out on it, men in black um but i do think with this this cast uh i'll give it a shot and I think they really, this is like the last time. Like you, like it seems to be a running theme right now, um, especially with summer blockbusters, tentpole movies. This is when they try to, you know, give you the big blockbuster to, to, for the studios to make money for the year. Um, however, I do think, like you said, not all money is good money. The last uh, couple Men in Blacks to me just haven't been that great. And uh, I don't know if they can capture a new lightning in a bottle, but, hey, they're going to have to do it if they want to keep this franchise going, in my opinion. Well, they're going to have to, like you heard me say earlier about the Fast and the Furious, somebody needs to sit there and with a creative plan to reimagine it because that's what they did with Fast and Furious. I think Fast and Furious, would have probably died down had it not been for the sixth episode where they introduced The Rock. And The Rock and that whole Brazil thing took that, that series in an entirely different direction and made it next level. I mean, that thing, it made it global when they were able to tell those stories. And ever since then, they've been moving these uh, Fast and Furious films around the world. 
bigger and better stunts. None of it makes any sense because you can't do all that stuff with a car. But, you know, in movie land, yeah, you can. So um, that's what that's what MIB is going to have to work on. It's a good concept. They made three films with Will Smith. I think the international one is going to be interesting, depending on how well, you know, the story is being told and the leads, you know, actually have some familiarity with one another. They're having worked together. I think that helps. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we you don't know until you watch it, Kevin. You're definitely right about that. And, you know, the <laughs> the Rock definitely saved the Fast and Furious franchise. That is when things really took a turn and got better. Because um, we don't want to talk about Tokyo Drift and <laughs> all that crap, I, I should oh, say. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. And, you know, these are two high, you know, caliber actors that could definitely do that and bring it. So hopefully they do. I know, um, you know, time is, is getting away from us, so I kind of want to wrap this up. One, I just want to put out one thing there that I saw um, that people might want to have on their radar. It's a film called Ready or Not. This is going to come out August 23rd, and uh, there's no trailer for it yet, but uh, it's about a bride's, basically a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Um, I I don't know much about it. I just know that that synopsis and at least the still image that they have for it um, really has me intrigued. It stars Samara Weaving, and um, she is definitely a, a scream queen. She's been in a, a lot of different horror films. So I'm kind of interested in seeing that. And then finally, uh, Tim, Angel has fallen. You know, we, we're talking about uh, these different franchises that come out in the summer. And, um, you know, this is the one with Gerard Butler, who is like the secret service. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it to the stars. Like he's saving the president, whether it's in D.C. or London. And now, you know, the angel has fallen uh, and it takes on this fugitive like. Uh, look at the, his story. Um, I I have been a fan of this franchise in terms of a throwaway popcorn movie, just escapism. Um, but I don't have. I don't think it's gonna do you know huge numbers in the box office. I think it could do enough for them to you know have. Uh, I don't know. Probably next one will be L.A. Has Fallen. Some you know the next. Uh, step in the rung of this franchise. Um, but, Tim, what do you think? Well, I mean, Gerard Butler and, and, and this whole series of films, um, I think it, it was a great concept with the first one. The second one, it became a little repetitive. Uh, this is the fourth one, am I correct? Or the this third is, one? This is the third. It was, it was uh, man, what was it? It was D.C., the first one. DC, whatever it was has fallen. Then London has fallen. And now it's Angel has fallen. Yeah, man, it's ridiculous, man. Just stop it already, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's like um, you, you, ever, you ever sit in the multiplex, and I know you do sometimes, and the trailer will pop up, and you either have two reactions. You go, man, didn't even know I needed that movie. That actually will work. I can't wait to see that. Or you go, man, nobody asked for that movie. Why are you guys making, making a movie? Nobody's asking for another something that's fallen movie. 
Come We've back. seen it twice. What more can you bring to it? Let me let me give you a hint on what's going to happen. I haven't seen this movie, but I'm just going to take a wild guess. Mm-hmm. He 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 for whatever reason always manages to keep his job and move around and always work for some high level dignitary. High level dignitary will be with him wherever that dignitary is. This case, Los Angeles. Chaos will ensue. Um, the one common denominator is him in every movie. Wherever he is and whoever he's guarding, something real bad is going to happen. People will die. He will live, find the bad guy, beat the bad guy down, and then disappear for two or three more years in a new place. And then the bad guys again find him, and then we rinse and repeat and have the same situation all over again. It's dumb. It's repetitive. Nobody asked for this sequel. Stop it. You can't tell me these things are making enough money that you keep greenlighting this stale, antiquated story. Uh, if, if, if I want to see all these have fallen movies, we can just keep watching Taken 9, Taken 10, <laughs> Taken 11. It's just dumb, man. Yeah. You know, this is, this, this, and, and this is why I apologize sometimes because people are like, well, why does Kevin have this bitter jaded, crusty critic on. And I'm like, dude, when you've been doing this as long as I have, there are few surprises in the game. And Kevin will get there at some point that these movies will stop surprising you. You'll go, hey, I've seen this already. Why am I watching it again? Yeah, you know, that you're, you're spot on, Tim. Like, I... Uh, like I said, it looks like it's the fugitive. I mean, this time, Morgan Freeman is the president. Um, great to see him reprise his role as president. And, and then uh, he's the one that gets blamed for uh, the attempt on the president's life. And so everybody's going after him. And now, again, he's the fugitive. And he has to clear his name. So, I mean, yeah, I think, again, as long as we give this film our dollars, we're going to continue to see it. I wouldn't mind watching this on Netflix. Uh, and it, it, sometimes I, th I think about this, Tim. You know how, like, back in the day, it used to be uh, video, like, straight to video? And unfortunately, I don't, like, I don't mean to bash Netflix or Hulu, but streaming is kind of the, this modern times equivalent to straight to video. And so I would rather see it streaming then have to, you know, go waste a couple hours, um, you know, screening it so that I can let the public know how it was. When we already know, you know, again, it's popcorn es escapism. Uh, definitely not looking forward to it, but I'll see it and I probably will just enjoy myself for the moment and then, you know, figure out what's for dinner. <laughs> so, Tim. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, going through the summer movie previews with me. Uh, if you could, for the audience, one more time, uh, where can they find your information, Film Gordon, uh, so that they can follow you? Easiest way, man. My name is Tim Gordon, a.k.a. Film Gordon. Google, he's your friend. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I can tell you to go to social media or this website. Man, everything is under my name, under Film Critic. Just go in and hit it, and you'd be like, wow, that dude has been doing some stuff with Kevin. Like, <laughs> yep, we have. We sure have, Tim. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for coming back on Picture Lock. Hey, man, anything for you, my brother.
That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Tim Gordon, for coming on the show. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, tune in Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast so you can hear the extended radio versions of the show, catch unlocked episodes, and hear the Picture Lock PR after show. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock podcast and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. You're supporting the filmmakers and guests I have on the show by allowing more people to be exposed to the podcast. It's quick, it's easy and free, and I certainly appreciate it. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash Picture Lock Show and subscribe. I've definitely got my new movie reviews for the weekend up, so check that one out. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. All music is done by Mike S. The Producer 13. Make sure you follow him on all things social media at Mike S. The Producer, numeral one, numeral three, and hit him up for your music production needs. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film. <laughs>